Darker Projects, in association with Infected Books, presents David Moody's vision of apocalyptic horror, Autumn. Audio production written and directed by Paul Mannering. Post-production by Matt McLaren. Original music by Devin Anderson, based on the book Autumn by David Moody. Autumn, part two. Dead inside. Carl Henshaw sat alone in the dark corner of a storeroom with his head in his hands, weeping for the wife and daughter he'd lost. Was there any point going on? Why bother? Those two had been the very reason he existed. He'd gone to work to earn money to keep them and provide for them. He'd come home every night to be with them. He'd been devoted to them in every way he thought he'd never be with anyone before he and Sarah got together. And now, without any reason, warning, or explanation, they were gone taken from him in the blinking of an eye, and he hadn't been able to help them or hold them. He hadn't even been there when they died. When they needed him most, he'd been miles away. Carl could smell and taste the anger, frustration, and complete bewilderment of the other survivors, which hung like the stench of rotting flesh in the cold gray air. He could hear raw pain tearing each one of the twenty or so disparate, desperate people apart. Only the mental image of millions of corpses outside stopped him from walking out and leaving them all behind. The thought of being out in the open was horrific enough, but to be out there in the dark, lost, alone, and wandering aimlessly with only the dead for company was too terrifying to even consider. Ah, Sarah. I'm sorry. So sorry. Wish I'd been there for you. Uh, can't stand this. I need to get out of here. Get some air. The roof. I can almost see my house from up here. So many bodies. Go home. Look after Sarah and Gemma. They deserve a proper burial. What about the rest of them? Millions, millions of corpses. Christ. Yeah, just getting some air. Too bloody cold. Come on, there's a meeting. Chat called Ralph wants to talk to everyone. What we must do is get ourselves in some sort of order here before we even think about exploring outside. Why? What do we need to get in order? We need to know who and what we've got here. We need food and water. We need bedding and clothes. And we should be able to find most of that in here. We also need to know what we haven't got, and we should start thinking about where to get it. Why? We know we'll find everything we need outside. We shouldn't waste our time in here. We should just get out and get on with it. That's not a good idea. Look, I think we've got to make our personal safety and security our prime concern, and then... I agree, but why stop here? There are a thousand and one better places to go. Why stay here? What makes you any safer here than if you were lying in the dotted white line in the middle of Stanup Road? We don't know what's outside. But we've got to go out there eventually, you accept that? Y- 
Yes, but... Look, Ralph, I'm not trying to make this any more difficult than it already is. We've got to leave here to get the supplies we need. All I'm saying is why bother delaying it and why bother coming back? Why not go somewhere else? It's because you're afraid, isn't it? You and Stuart bloody Jeffrey scared to look outside and see reality. We could try and find somewhere else, but we've got a shelter here, which is secure and... and it's cold and dirty and uncomfortable and... Okay, it's not ideal, but... But what? It seems to me that we can pretty much have our pick of everywhere and everything at the moment. But what about the music and the fire? Stuart and Jack managed to bring us all here by lighting the fire and playing music. I don't think so. No one's arrived here since me. If anyone else had heard the music, they'd have been here by now. I agree with what you're saying, but again, why here? Why not find somewhere better to stop? Get ourselves organized there and light a bloody big bonfire right in the middle of the road somewhere. He's right. We should get a beacon or something sorted. But let's get ourselves safe and secure first. A new beacon somewhere else is going to be seen by more people, isn't it? And isn't that what we want? Bottom line is that we've got to look after ourselves first of all and then start to think about anyone else who might possibly be alive. But shouldn't we start looking for other survivors now? I don't think we should. I agree that we should get a beacon or something going, but there's no point in wasting time actively looking for other people yet. If there are others, then they'll have more chance of finding us than we'll have finding them. Why do you say that? Stands to reason. Does anyone know how many people used to live in this city? About a quarter of a million people. 200,000 or... Something like that. And there are 26 of us in here. So? So what does that say to you? It says to me that looking for anyone else would be like looking for a needle in a haystack. He's right. Come on. Stop talking like that. You're not doing anyone any good talking like that. I'm trying to make a point. Since this all started, have any of you heard a plane or helicopter pass overhead? The airport's five miles south of here. If there were any planes flying, we'd have heard them. There's a train station that links the city to the airport, and the track runs along the other side of the Stanhope Road. Anyone heard a train? So how many people do you think this has affected? How big is this? If this was the only region affected, logic says that help would have arrived by now. What are you saying? I guess I'm saying that this is a national disaster at the very least. The lack of air traffic makes me think that it could be worse than that. Michael's right. This thing spreads so quickly that there's no way of knowing what kind of area has been affected. It was so fast that I doubt whether anything could have been done to prevent it spreading before it was too late. But this area might be too infected to travel to. They might have sealed Northwich off. They might have. But I don't think that's very likely, do you, Ralph? I think we should get away from here. Look, if I'm completely honest, I'm just thinking about myself here and the rest of you should make your own minds up. It's just that I'm not prepared to sit here and wait for help when I'm pretty sure that it's never going to arrive. I don't want to sit trapped in here, surrounded by thousands of bloody bodies. I want out of the city. I want to get away from here, find somewhere safe, make myself comfortable, and then just sit and wait and see what happens next. Michael spent the first five and a half hours of the following morning trying to find somewhere comfortable to sleep. When he finally managed to lose consciousness, he only slept for 45 minutes before waking up feeling worse than ever. He'd been lying on the cold, hard floor, and every bone in his tired body ached. He wished he hadn't bothered.
think I had everything this morning. Huh? What was that? Michael, you alright, mate? I gotta take a piss. Best of luck. Those toilets are bloody disgusting. We've only been here a couple of days. Don't even want to think about what they'll be like if we end up stopping here. Well, it's better than standing here freezing to death. Someone's outside! What's the matter? Over there! Hey, you! What's the matter, mate? Didn't you hear me? Hey, uh, are you alright? I saw you walking past and- Leave him! Mike! Quick, get back inside! Hey, mate, turn around! Oh, Christ! Michael, get back inside now! Closing the door! Dead! They're all dead! But, but they're walking! Michael, for God's sake, get back inside! Dead people? The dead people are getting up and walking around? Don't be stupid. That's impossible. I saw it! I, I touched one! What stood up right in front of me? Almost an hour passed before anyone dared to move. The survivors, already shell-shocked and beaten by all that they had been through, stood together in terror and disbelief and tried to come to terms with the morning's events. But we've got to go out there, Ralph. We've got to try and find out what's going on. I'm not interested. I don't care what's happening. There's no way I'm going to get out there and risk- Risk what? No one's asking you to go outside, are they? Opening that door is enough of a bloody risk in itself. Keep it shut and keep them out. We can't afford to take any chances by exposing ourselves to those things. Things, Garner. Those things are people, you idiot. Bloody hell, your friends and family could be out there. Then they can stay out there. Those bodies have been lying dead on the ground for days. How do you know they were dead? Did you check them all? Did you check any of them for a pulse before you shut yourself away in here? You know as well as I do that. Did you? No, but... And have you ever seen a dead body walk before? Jesus Christ, of course we've never seen friggin' dead bodies walking, but... But what? But I've never seen anyone drop to the ground and not get up for two days either. Face it, Michael, they were all dead. Look, look, let's be straight with each other for a second, Garner. None of us have got the first bloody clue what's happening here. The only thing I know for sure is that I'm interested in looking after myself and the rest of the people in this hall. If you're only interested in the people in here, why do you want to go out there and- I'm interested in looking after myself, but I need to go out there and see if I can find out what's happening and to see if any of those bodies pose a threat to us. I'm not interested in helping them, I just want to know what's going on. And how are you going to find out what's happening? Just who the hell is going to tell you? Well, Emma's studied medicine. You'll be able to tell us what's wrong with them, won't you? I'll try. I can tell you whether they're dead or not, but after that I... But can't you see what you're doing? You're putting us all at risk. If you just wait for a while and... Wait for what? 
seems to me that we're at risk whatever we do. We're set here in a hole that we could knock down with our bare hands if we tried hard enough. And we're surrounded by thousands of dead bodies, some of which have decided to get up and start walking around. Staying here seems pretty risky to me. Oh, Christ, we're not going to start that debate again. I'm going outside. Stay in here and hide if you want, but I'm going out and I'm going out now. For Christ's sake. Think about it before you do anything that might... I'm coming. Me too. Yeah, I'll go. Ready? Here we go. What's the matter? Nothing. So, what do we do now? Don't know. Anyone got any ideas? Thought you were the one with the plan. <clears throat> we need to have a good look at one of them. What do you mean? What are we supposed to be looking at? Let's try and see how responsive they are. We should see if they can tell us anything. What about her? What about that one there? What exactly are we going to do with her? She want to get closer and just have a look? No, let, let's get her inside. What? Back in there? Yes, in there. Is that a problem? Not to me. Try convincing the others, though. Have you seen them all looking at us? I think we should get her indoors and try and make her comfortable. We'll get more out of her if we can get her to relax. Are you sure about this? I'm sure. What about the rest of you? Bloody hell, let's just do it. We're never going to achieve anything just standing out here like this, are we? I'll take hold of her from behind. Emma, get around the front. They're so vacant, completely glazed. She can't even see me. Look at her skin. It's so pale. We... we want to help you. Come on. Let's get you inside. What the hell is happening? No idea. Wish I knew. Carl! What? Give us a hand, mate. Could you get hold of her legs? She's lighter than she looks. There's nothing to her. What the bloody hell do you think you're doing? Come on, you lot. Group yourselves around her. Cage her in. Make a circle. God, she looks awful. A few days ago, the woman might have been attractive. But today, her emotionless gaze and drawn, almost translucent skin immediately dissipated any beauty or serenity that her face had previously known. There was an unnatural sheen to her exposed flesh, which had a grey, almost light green tone and a greasy shine. What had at first glance appeared to be dark bags under her frozen eyes were in fact the prominent ridges of her eye sockets. Her mouth hung open, a huge dark hole, and a thick string of gelatinous bloody saliva trickled continually down the side of her chin. She staggered across the circle that contained her, turning blindly away as she was pushed back. Can she see us? Don't know. Maybe she can. Could be she sees us but doesn't understand. Look at the way she reacts. But, but she doesn't react. She just shuffles around. I know, but that's what I mean. She's walking and moving around. But I don't think she knows why or how. It's instinctive. That's what I'm starting to think. She probably can hear us too. But she doesn't know what the noises we make mean anymore. I bet she's still capable of speaking. She just can't remember how to. But she reacts when you touch her. No, she doesn't. She doesn't react at all. 
She turns away because she physically can't keep moving in a certain direction. I bet she'd just keep walking in a straight line forever if there wasn't anything in her way. Did you check her pulse, Emma? Sort of. What's that supposed to mean? I couldn't find one. So what are you saying? I'm not saying anything. So what are you thinking? <sighs> Don't know. Get it out of here! The isolation and desperation of the situation affected all of the survivors, some much more than others. Carl Henshaw spent most of the afternoon trying, unsuccessfully, to catch up on Miss Sleep and, also unsuccessfully, to forget everything that was happening outside. Time was dragging at an unbearable and painfully slow rate. An hour now felt like five, and five hours more like fifty. As the sun began to sink back below the horizon, he clambered out of the community hall once more and stood alone on the small area of flat roof he discovered the previous evening. For a moment, the air was pure and refreshing and he swallowed several deep, calming breaths before the now familiar smells of death and of burning buildings quickly returned, blown towards him on a cool and gusting wind. I didn't mean to. I was looking for you and I saw you disappear up here and... Uh... No, it's okay. I like it up here. Gets you away from the crowd, you know. Down there there's no space to be on your own. We're all on top of each other. It's more private up here. Good place to come if you want to have a good scream and a cry, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, it is. A good place to let it out without freaking everyone else out. Stupid, isn't it? Almost everyone is dead, and yet we can still give a damn about the survivors and what they may think of us. The social conditioning of years cannot be wiped away in just a few days. Tell me to go back inside. If you want me to go, then I'll... You're okay. I just came out of here to get away for a while. What the bloody hell is happening? Don't know. Christ, it's just the speed of it all. A few days ago, everything was normal, but now... I know. I know. Almost makes you envy him, doesn't it? Who? The bodies still lying on the ground. The ones that haven't moved. I can't help thinking how much easier it would have been to be... That's a bloody stupid way to talk, isn't it? Is it? I know how it sounds. But I... I've lost everything. When I think about my wife and kid, oh Christ, it's hard enough trying to come to terms with the fact that they're dead, but to think they might be like those things out there, dead, but walking around. <laughs> No, mate. Not all right. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, I'd give anything for a hot shower. Oh, yeah. And a comfortable bed. You know what we need? I can think of about a million things that I need. Forget about all the practical stuff for a minute, and all the things that we should have, like warmth, safety, security, answer to a million questions and the like. Do you know what I need more than anything? No, what? I need to get absolutely freaking plastered. I need to drink so much goddamn beer that I can't remember my own name, never mind anything else. There's an off-license over there. Fancy a walk? No. Christ. Look at him, would you? Which one? That one over there. Tall, long hair, dragging one foot in the gutter. What about him? <sighs> Just look at the state of him. That could be you and me, that could. Yes, but it isn't. <sighs> and there's another. <sighs> See that <sighs> one of the news agents? Where? The news agents, with the red sign. Between a pub and a garage. Oh yeah, I can see him. I think he's stuck. Look at him. Backwards and forwards. He hasn't got a clue what's happening, has he? You'd think it would give up, wouldn't you? It's just moving for the sake of it. It doesn't know how or why or what to do. It just needs to move. So how long do you think they'll keep moving? Bloody hell, when will they stop? They won't. There isn't any reason to stop, is there? Nothing registers with them anymore. Look, watch this. Why the hell are you throwing rocks at them? Just proving a point, I suppose. What point? That they don't react. They don't live like you or me. They just exist. Do you think it was a virus that did this? Emma seems to think it was. Or do you think it was... Don't know, and I don't care. What do you mean you don't care? What difference does it make? What's happened has happened. It's the old cliché, isn't it? If you get knocked down by a car, does it matter what colour it is? So what are you saying? I'm saying that it doesn't matter what did all of this. Okay, it matters in as far as I don't want it to happen to me, but what's done is done, isn't it? Suppose so. Look, I've lost friends and family just like the rest of them. And I might sound like an uncaring bastard, but I'm not really. I just can't see the point in wasting any time coming up with bullshit theories and explanations when none of it will make the slightest bit of difference. The only thing that any of us have any influence and control over now is what we do tomorrow. So what are we going to do tomorrow? I haven't got a damn clue. Does you good to get out now and then, doesn't it? There's a lot of truth in that. What? You're right. I think it would do us good to get out. Have you stopped to think about the bodies yet? Christ, I haven't thought about much else. No, have you stopped to think about what's going to happen when they start to rot? Jesus, the air's going to be filled with all kinds of germs and crap. There's not a lot we can do about that, is there? There's bugger all we can do about it, but we could get away. Get away? Where to? It's going to be like this everywhere, isn't it? I don't know. So what good will leaving here do? Think about it. We're right on the edge of a city here. There are hundreds of thousands of bodies around. And? And I think we should head for the countryside. Fewer bodies has got to mean less chance of disease. Nowhere's going to be completely safe, but I think we need to give ourselves the best possible chance. We should pack up and get out of here as soon as we can. You really thinking of going? I'd go tonight if we were ready. Autumn featured the voice talents of David Alt as Michael Collins, Rebecca McCarthy as Emma Mitchell, Mark Kalita as Carl Henshaw, Shane Harris as the narrator, 
Ellie Hirschman as Philip Evans, Clem Angus as Stuart Jeffries, Steve Anderson as Garner, Colin Snow as Ralph, Fiona Kahn as the teacher, Zach Fester as the boy, Miles Reed as Jack Bynum, Joan Hovey as Sandra, and Laura Post as Jenny and Kate. Autumn was presented by Darker Projects Productions at www.darkerprojects.com in association with David Moody and Infected Books, www.infectedbooks.co.uk.